This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Speaking of Prime, like that segue, right? We're going to talk about Transformers War on Cybertron Trilogy Siege, which just released on Netflix, and find out why freedom is the right of all sentient beings. We also got some news going on in the world of our favorite fandom, so let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, the first thing I want to talk about is Warner Brothers Animation. They just released a trailer to yet another DC. And OK, let's be real. It's another Batman animated movie. Uh, you see, I would like to say if you've seen one, you've seen them all, but they all do bring something to the table. So I won't down it to that extent. But we do have an abundance of Batman animated movies to which I mean, if you look at the percentage of Batman movies as opposed to Superman movies and Wonder Woman movies or even Green Lantern movies for that sake, there's not that many. There's really not that many. But to their credit, to absolutely their credit, they do 
bring something to the table with each movie that they have on uh, in the world of Batman. Uh, and they have some Justice League stuff too. But like, if you look at the percentage of all the um, animated movies that they have, it's all virtually Batman. Like, I would even say eighty-five percent Batman. It would be safe to say that. But watching this, this is going to change the game because Warner Brothers Animated Studios or Warner Brothers Animation has delivered more than just another great quality Batman animated movie. This time, the studio has up to Annie by making Batman Death and the Family. If you guys have read the comics, if, you've, if you're if you a comic book reader, you know this. Even if you're not, a, a in particular, a DC Comics fan, but you read comics, you know about this storyline. This thing was, was just one of the damnedest storylines ever in just comic book history because this is the story of when robin i believe jason todd don't get me twisted i i, I think it's jason one of the j one of the robins there's a lot about like five or six robins that batman is uh you know took under his wing and one in particular somebody correct me if i'm wrong i believe it's jason todd i'm not really sure but uh died at the hands of the joker at least we thought that he died at the hands of the joker and uh, this time around what they're doing with this movie is that definite family is going to be an interactive experience making you decide the narrative of the story we've seen a bunch of these type, uh, types of movies lately um there i forgot which ones that do this uh, netflix has a few uh of these interactive episodes i believe the dark crystal is one of them that they do that you can change the narrative around and you could get the a different outcome from it each uh time but you'll have that and it this is awesome i love it because it's like i think they kind of know that we've seen so many different batman movies but at least this one allows us to have some replay value in it not to say that all of them don't have replay value but it really immerses you in because now you want to see which direction this go this reminds me a lot of people haven't or probably old enough to remember this but and i remember family guy making uh, light of this but i used to buy books like the they had nancy drew books there was a bunch of actual books not comic books um you know books that covered some of our favorite uh, our favorite franchises like transformers i i remember transformers definitely will because they had a a non-illustrated book and the book actually what happened was if you you can read to a certain uh certain chapter or page and then what you would have to do is choose which you which uh direction you want to go do you want to if you want to go one direction you skip a few pages if you want to remain in uh in another direction you probably go keep reading and depending on how far you go it depends on you know it, the direction of the story tells exactly what's going to happen in that story so it makes you want to reread everything over again so this is kind of a modern version of that uh which then you know we also transfer that to video games as well but now they're doing it with video uh and it's awesome it is pretty awesome. actually this is not the first time they've actually done it this is i, I believe there were um quite a few movies or stuff or something that did something similar to this before especially when it came to the development of dvd you were able to do stuff like this so this i, I like this idea i i absolutely like this idea the trailer showed not only footage from the movie with the recent footage of uh this movie but also looks to implement scenes from under the red hood which was considered one of the best batman animated movies ever it's one of my favorites i could definitely tell you that um 
And so I, I have, and I, it was funny because when I saw this and I'm like, so they're redoing Under the Red Hood pretty much. Because Under the Red Hood, technically speaking, is Death in the Family. So it's like they're kind of doing the same thing that they did with uh, the Doomsday movie in a sense. It's like just rewriting that. But they're, technically, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. But it looks like they're looking to add that as well because I, I recognize some of the footage in the trailer that was from Under the Red Hood. So I'm, I I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I like the way that goes because now you're going to see if Robin goes a different direction. Does he become Red Hood? Does he become another different Robin or whatever like that? I, I'm really I, I I'm looking forward to this. So your decision could lead to the events of that movie. And I love it. This movie will be available on Blu-ray and digital. I believe it could be this month. I checked and I could have sworn that it was coming out this month in particular. But uh, I got to say, awesome. I, I, I am looking forward to this. I will be buying this. I will be reviewing this. So, you know, stay tuned for that for sure. Uh, I want to definitely talk about Stargirl. And, you know, we're going to keep on the DC deal right here too. Stargirl is such an amazing uh, TV series. Greg Berlanti and Berlanti Productions, once again, man. I mean, they, they continue to kill it. This week, I mean, every episode, it, I mean, every episode, it, people are starting to wake up to this show, and every episode just gets better and better. The, cinema, um, the cinematics and the cinematography of this series is just so awesome. It's very movie. It has that really big budget movie feel. And I knew that we said that about The Flash. The Flash had it, too. But for some reason, how they filmed this uh, this uh, series is different from the way they did The Flash. And I can't put my finger on it as to what it is that makes it so absolutely beautiful and significant from the other uh, movie or uh, TV shows that they, you know, put out. But this this series, it, it, it's awesome. I feel like it's The Flash meets Riverdale in a sense because the that that town that they live in is very reminiscent of Riverdale but it's also eerie and creepy like that but it's just inhabited by a bunch of you know evil villains trying to create a new America or their version of America which creeps me out to this day because I feel like in some cases this is actually this is somewhat almost feels like this is what's happening right now so we have a bumbling idiot <laughs> as the main villain in this case so this week we finally got to find out the answer all right i was waiting for this episode because throughout the entire season star girl has been uh thinking and hoping that her father was Starman, and we've i, I knew it wasn't i knew it wasn't from from the get-go um but come to find out her real father appeared and he is somewhat of a major major jerk I mean, major jerk. And thank goodness for Pat. This really put out, this really, this was an episode to really make the connection with Pat and uh, Star and uh, Stargirl. And I forgot her uh, real name, for God's sakes. Uh, let me go in here and look at this real quick. But I love this because it, it, it really, the mom needed to see the bond. And if you guys recall, the mom discovered that she was that she was star girl they finally revealed to her because they wanted to reveal to her and let her know what was going on and courtney that's that's her name courtney uh and pat wanted to uh you know or pat more or less wanted to tell uh her mother 
of what was going Barbara of what was going on with them because things was just getting too hot and heavy and not only that uh mind wipe or brainwave for that matter killed his son and now he's back he's off from his coma and geez it's just getting so bad the dragon king uh in here and his daughter it's just freaking crazy now so the father comes back and you know courtney he's trying to he he's supposed to be you know bonding with courtney or try to rekindle what he lost in fact he was just there to get this necklace this you know this locket that he that he gave her a long time ago which is supposed to be made by a very famous jeweler and he needed it to hawk it you know to pretty much um you know pawn it and hawk it or whatever like that and that's all he came for and pat pretty much set him straight he pretty much set him straight and knocked uh, knocked him the hell out uh deservingly so so um but also now barbara is in in it now she knows exactly what's going on but also brainwave already knows who they are and knows that they know who they are and they're also there's another storyline here with the janitor with janitor justin who in fact is one of the uh legion of uh soup what was what did they call that the legion of heroes or whatever um or the justice society so this is, i mean the stories are just getting so much better is very well fleshed out it, the character development is just so strong it is so so strong here trying to find out where Bra- um brainwave uh, jr is going to kick in on this uh which is basically his son but he's i don't think he's dead i absolutely do not think he's dead at all i think he's going to come back during uh at by the end of the um season and it's going to be interesting uh the justice society is basically coming back within you know you got yolanda beth and rick all together and such so man if you have not if you're if you claim to be a comic book fan and you have not watched this show yet you are so missing out on this not only that i fear i i question your fandom for comics because this 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 show and, and it really does pay a lot of homage and I, I i've heard this from dc fans but there there's a lot of huge fanfare from uh this show that pays homage to the actual golden age of dc and it shows just the feel of it everything about it it just has that golden age feel and it, it i it, it actually probably by now it is possibly the throne to flash it feel it the first this first season it could be the flaw, a flawless season just as much as flash was in that season and it is it's fantastic go out of your way to check this show out it's awesome and if you're a dc universe app subscriber you get this episode a day early so like it's, it airs on the cw tuesday evenings at 8, 8, 8, 8 p.m however the show airs an hour early and releases on the dc uh app a day early so you'll get to play it play it monday morning and just enjoy it and i shout out to the dc app now granted here's something speaking of the dc app i I gotta mention this because there was an article that claimed that um they're gonna stop their they stop yearly subscriptions for some reason i don't know what that means or what that entails i'm not gonna go too deep on it but i just find it interesting that they're doing that and wondering if they're merging with somebody or plotting for something because i know that they are you know a lot of content from dc the dc universe app 
is being played on HBO Max. And I'm wondering if they're slowly going to transition or um, acquire a lot of the content from there into that, which I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend because you still got that DC comic library on there that will never go to um, HBO Max. So I don't hopefully that's not the case. Uh, I think that the DC Universe app has a hell of a lot to offer uh, as far as content and such for any DC fan or any comic book fan for that matter. You get to read comic books and you get to watch movies and TV shows of the past and, and current you know, you got Young Justice in there. You got Titans, all this stuff. I thought I think they have done a tremendous job with this app since it uh, released, since it first released in here. So, um, I, hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, that's not the case. And you know, Doom Patrol is another great show as well. I would like to talk about Doom Control, um, Doom Patrol. Actually, I should say, but it's not easy to describe what the hell is going on with that show. I enjoy it for what it is, but the things that happen with that show, it it's so abstract that by the time you finish it you kind of know what's going on and you do know what's going on from when you watched it but when you try to describe exactly what's going on it, it's it's an amalgam of different <laughs> situations that are just really oddball insanely oddball it, it's it it's it's i would say it's abstract but also asymmetrical as well because there is a balance to everything that's going on but there's a lot of weirdness that goes on in that show too but it all comes together during the end and makes a lot of sense and but what i love about doom patrol mostly is the range of acting that the show has in particular um but like mostly jane and elastigirl in particular like they i've seen both of those uh, both of those actresses and in, in in separate shows that they were in and it's they they're phenomenal they they are absolutely fantastic in there and uh brenda frazier is just a goof he is a straight up goofball in there so um i i love the show i really love the show but it's i, I tend not to want to talk about it because it's just so hard to describe or bring it all in and and, and and summarize everything that's happened in that show so but it is a great show it's another addition like if you have hbo max or if you have dc universe app that's a absolutely recommended show to watch so um last thing i want to talk about i believe here is in fact and it's sad because i wanted to review this separately but it came out the same time as uh transformers war and cybertron and i unfortunately i will not be doing a show next week because it's my wedding anniversary week so i'm going to talk about this briefly right now and that is my thoughts on the umbrella academy season two which also released on netflix uh and first of all let me talk about netflix real quick because netflix as of lately and i i would love to say i actually many will probably believe that it's due to the uh, black lives matter movement but a lot of these shows and movies that they're uh, producing on Netflix has been produced way before the death of George Floyd and uh, Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and so many other unfortunate passings. They are showing so much or embracing so much diversity and awareness and representation in their recent content. It, it needs to be applauded. Um, 
Umbrella Academy season two also have done the same thing. And I don't know if they are just, you know, taking the baton from HBO, like uh, Watchmen, which, by the way, is nominated for so many awards. And I'm so happy. And if I that show, the Watchmen better get the majority of the awards that they're nominated for, because if not for them, a lot of people would not have known what Tulsa 1921 was about and how real that situation was. They brought that to the forefront and brought it to the modern era for people to re- uh, recognize and they focused a lot of everything that happened on there. So that alone, they that show deserves so much. But the Umbrella Academy have also gone out of their way to do things as well on their own nature by focusing on uh, 1962 1960 to 1963 uh leading up to the death of john f kennedy and this is it's just awesome but also everything that happened within it the racism the uh civil rights movement everything that was going on during that time they dealt with it um while the same weird and quirky theme remains in the season they they also um put it uh, put it in like a serious tone this time to focus on three aspects that is going on today uh the crew ends up traveling back in time after they caused the end of the world last season if you guys remember thanks to vanya (laughs) and her powers uh each of the characters land in three different timelines in the 60s and somehow finds their way back together as they only have 10 days before yet another uh, yet again the end of the world uh comes they just don't get a break pretty much here some of them also fall into a timeline where john f kennedy was assassinated by lehigh or harvey oswald at least that's what we were supposed to believe you remember this is a fictional version of that so things are gonna you know flip from this uh from this version or this universe and they're deciding whether to change the future by saving him or uh from his uh destined demise so you also have allison who ends up being married to a man named uh raymond chestnut who is a civil rights activist and she accompanies him in the fight and if you guys remember uh, that she had the ability to manipulate people easily by just saying i heard a rumor and she also does now through almost through the entire season she does this without using her ability to hypnotize people as she was traumatized by the near-death experience that she had uh, at the hands of vanya played by ellen page in season one if you guys remember she you know was about to manipulate vanya but she vanya slit her throat and caused her not to use her voice anymore so her voice finally healed up but she was still hesitant to use it you also have klaus and ben which was kind of the comedy really really comedy version of the entire season um they were kind of the you know brian is stewie type of relationship here and if you guys remember ben is the family member the sibling that you know he died during a mission but because klaus can see the dead and can somehow summon the dead he he managed to stick with ben or ben managed to stick with klaus throughout the whole entire time so um somehow they end up together and turns klaus into some uh, some sort of personal jesus uh in the long run and create which then he ends up creating his old 
like cult, if you will. This is pretty funny. Vanya ends up living with a woman who accidentally hit her with a with her car, only for Vanya to lose her memory in the process. Vanya stays with the woman. I'm sorry, with the woman and her family, uh, and later becomes valued, a valued member of them. Especially the mother who is going through her mother, the mother named Sissy, I should add, um, who's going through many stressors with her husband, uh, who tends to go out elsewhere after hours, leaving her to tend to her to their son, who would appears to be autistic. And remember, this is the 60s, so they don't have the remedies for this type of situation at the time the practices have not been you know put together during the 60s uh which is really sad you you know go it was just saying showing that like this has always been around but you know the, the technology just wasn't there the you know the diagnosis wasn't there for it at the time kind of the same thing with alzheimer's alzheimer's really wasn't a thing till like way later as well i mean like people used to just think that you know when somebody is very forgetful or they're absent-minded or whatever like that and it comes out that they may have dementia you know well we didn't create these terms and phrases and diagnosis till like now uh, and in this era such so uh the wife creates a significant bond with vanya and begins to really or to really uh rely on her in more ways than one so there is a uh there's a definite you know relationship that's happening between the two but again this is the 60s so if there is a gay or lesbian relationship in the 60s that's almost like calling you know people witches in in warlocks or whatever like that and you're damn near about to burn them to stake but back then they would rather you know how they handle it was was really archaic in the sense of they would take a woman to the psychic war because she she fell in love with another woman which was crazy or they would you know the preach or their their reverend or the local reverend or pastor or whatever would you know feel like oh god i can understand why atheism is a thing now <laughs> sometimes you know if people are trying to help people convert they're not doing a good job in some cases it just it, it's just oh god it's just and i it, trust me i used to be a jehovah witness myself and take that point used to so it, it's, it's in a lot of cases i get it like i'm i'm agnostic myself but i sometimes i look back at stuff like that and it's just like it's just insane but nonetheless let's go to luther who ends up working with uh, as a bodyguard for jack ruby who also is working underground fights for money as well he is satisfied until he finds out that his family is in the same timeline then you have diego who ends up in a psychic ward and teams up with a woman with an unknown past and we find out this woman's past later on it is a the person that he's with I'm, and by the way if you notice i haven't spoiled a damn thing and i'm not because it just came out and you guys need to see this for yourself because this season was awesome so he ends up teaming up with a woman at the psychic ward they hang around with each other they stick with each other but there is something that leads on later to the unknown uh identity of this person later on uh the two link up to try to stop jfk's death and find uh the other family as well then you got one of my favorite characters five this kid 
This kid is awesome. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This kid is absolutely awesome to play a role that's so sophisticated. And he's the leader of this gang. He's supposed to be playing a older uh, version. This this kid, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if five, ten years later, we're going to see this dude in some big budget stuff. He, he's, he's out. This kid is outstanding. Um, so... Five, who is, is, you know, the main cause of all this, one of the main causes of this havoc because of his time jumping. And of course, finds out that there are new assassins out to get them and uh, him and, uh, and the entire family uh, and is on a journey to finding them all and in the world as it occurs because he sees the future, a different version of 1962 and 63 that has the Soviet Union invading the country with tanks and such and all these neighborhoods and everything is bombs and nuclear war and even worse he sees his family die at the hands of nuclear of a nuclear missile so they're trying to stop all that um i did finish the series the series ends with a huge cliffhanger a an insanely huge cliffhanger it looks like there will be i will say this there will be a season three it looks to be and you got to watch it if you love the first season, the only thing I was really sad about was that they didn't somehow find a way to bring back Mary J. Blige. But she, yeah, maybe she can because of what happened. But um, there's going to be a lot of time flipping <laughs> in this season and a lot of things that you're going to think about for the next season. So go out of your way to check it out if you haven't. But I'm telling you now, this season is just as great if not even greater due to the uh, nature of what they're doing and the messages that they're providing for this and the awareness there you know this is another show that is bringing awareness to racism and sexism and you know and um the and just hate for lgbtq for uh you know black brown whatever it, it's bringing that type of awareness to this and we need more of this and again thank you to netflix because we're seeing that now we're seeing a lot more representation on netflix um nia long and omar epps just did a kind of fatal attraction like movie that it was one of the hottest downloaded or uh, viewed movies on netflix this uh past few uh weeks and you know they're really doing a great job bringing some more representation not just black but also brown as well and it's greatly appreciated so definitely go out of your way to check that out folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and we're going to talk transformers war on cybertron trilogy siege from netflix and tell you why this may be one of the most powerful of all the transformers series that we ever seen we'll find out right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Talk Time Live.
Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Fight! All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and I am happy to talk about Transformers War on Cybertron Trilogy Siege that just released on Netflix, and we've been waiting for quite some time to check this thing out. Rooster Teeth is behind this, uh, along with, I believe, the people behind the original uh, Transformers War on Cybertron short uh, series that used to come on. Uh, I forgot the other channel or the, the web series that it used to come out on, but this is the actual... This is more of a legit series to me than those. Those were like really short clip series. Uh, and we wanted to see more out of this. And I am glad we get now half hour TV shows. Now, we only got six episodes out of this. And guess what? Six episodes is still better than a bunch of 10 minute episodes. So I'm fine with this because they got a bigger budget. They're able to do a lot more with this. Rooster Teeth is behind it now. They got their name on it. Rooster Teeth has been doing so greatly here. And... If this is the quality that they're doing now, I'm all in with Rooster Teeth. And I know there are a lot of Rooster Teeth fans out there. That production company has been around for quite some time. They, you know, successfully been doing the Ruby series, Red versus Blue, and, and other uh, great series out there. But I think this may be the best one by far. And I will tell you this, as a Transformers fan, as a... I don't want to go on and say I'm a purist or whatever. Because there's so many people. There's so many Transformers fans in... in dorks who claim that they are the purest of all sentient beings here and it's it's you know you're you're rather a really good fan or hardcore fan or you're just a casual fan of it but either way you're a fan and that's all that matters um how much knowledge that you know on something does means nothing if it doesn't get you somewhere in life with it so and i doubt if transformers knowledge will get us put so far in this unless you are working with the people who are doing this production right now so i watched this and i in my honest opinion my personal honest opinion of all the transformer series that i've seen from the original g1 series uh that i grew up with in 84 um the beast wars which i'm not a fan of i've never been a fan of beast wars the headmaster series uh in japan uh just so many armada and all of all the other ones that have come by uh and recently transformers prime this these six episodes are the, i i consider this the greatest of them all with great respect to the original g4 because they pick enormously from that but this is a retelling of the g1 era i mean so let's go about it again the story is a retelling of when the autobots and the decepticons on cybertron fighting a civil war for freedom parts of the season touches on familiar events that has occurred in the original g1 transformers series in 84 while also while other aspects uh have been rewritten to fit a modern telling of the series now why i love what they did here because i what they did here is exactly what square enix did with final fantasy 7 remake and they kept the source material but they fleshed it out they made more sense out of it they gave it a better narrative uh it's just they they did a lot better 
retelling the series and making things tight because if you watch the original g1 series they had some great moments and they had some pivotal you know more moments to the storytelling of the universe but a lot of it didn't stick as thoroughly and i think that they did a good jo a great job here putting it all together now for those purists quote unquote that want the original series uh, look you can't deny, I, I i i'm a i'm a i've been a huge transformers fan since day one part of the reason why i am a I, I do logo design and i'm a graphic designer is in part because of transformers because i looked at the autobot symbol and the decepticon symbol and thought they were the greatest things ever by design the most symmetrical uh forms of design that i've ever seen especially the autobot symbol it was it, and just the meaning of them the if you look at the significance of both the autobot and decepticon symbol i mean the autobot symbol just reeks of sage and wisdom and maturity the and, and rationality the decepticon symbol re represents irrationality envious deviousness and it just a deception it, it who and the bad part is we still don't know we still do not know the name of the designer who put together the autobot and decepticon symbol i've been looking for that name of the person to this day and it's the one question that all quote-unquote purists of this series cannot answer nobody's been able to answer that question i remember i was in a facebook group that had like a few thousand people with transformers and i after a while i just stopped being in that group but i've asked that question none of them who and there was a lot of people in there who claimed that they were the best transformers fan ever but they could not tell me the name of the designer who created the autobot and decepticon symbol that is still unknown to this day maybe and that was a few years ago maybe somebody found out now maybe i need to go on google and check it out but um so me as a huge fan not the ultimate fan but a huge fan of this i really appreciate what they've done and i'm at a point now with all the years of different transformer series that we had both good and bad i'm at a point now that i am fine as far as acting is concerned i am fine with the fact that peter cullen and frank welker is not doing the roles of optimus and, and megatron at this point i think we've got a lot of opportunities to get these guys on and unfortunately, the irony of it is that this is the best one, and it would have been great to have them on here. But unfortunately, they're not all there. And I do believe Peter Cullen was on the short versions of the series, the, the, the web series version of this. But it would have been nice to have more. But I think the actors who portrayed these guys did really well. But we'll talk about that further in a few. I want to keep on with the what's going on with this story here. So basically, it, a lot of it focuses on Bumblebee a lot of the story a lot of the story of this first part of the trilogy focuses on bumblebee uh because he plays a very significant role in the series as this follows him on a path of deciding which moral direction he's going to go to or which direction he's going to go to he is neither autobot or decepticon at you know at the beginning of this uh series the story also leads into the direction where the autobots search for the allspark which has been a was at the time at this point is known to be a myth so there are other uh, there are other side stories to the first season as well including uh military commander ultra magnus one of my favorite characters uh fighting he, ultra magnus kind of reminds me of cyclops from uh x-men they have that moral ground they're boy scouts that type of feel and 
they they always get the bad rap some some way somehow never never get it have a good day with them uh but you know ultra magnets is fighting with his moral and ethics in order to make a proper decision that would hopefully end the war between the two even if it means coming into terms and talking with megatron you know in enemy ground which is we learned is probably the worst mistake he could ever done there jetfire also uh is a question here as uh who is in this version too this is one of the things that they kind of changed up here because if you remember if you guys remember if you're you know a g1 fan jetfire isn't was a scientist in the original version he was he wasn't even a decepticon nor autobot he he was bumblebee technically speaking he was just he was one he was a friend of starscream which they kind of still play on in this and two he was a scientist he was just all about research but they wanted his knowledge they wanted him as an he was considered an asset to the decepticons and they wanted him to do that so uh jetfire in this version is not a scientist but is the original second in command of the decepticon seekers until he realizes the uh the original mission that megatron was going for is and in this war is continuing to alter in the wrong direction so there's that play in there so they, they they switch that part around megatron on the other hand has bigger plans that will pretty much assure enslavement of the autobots on cybertron making him the ultimate ruler of every uh of the land of the world by just rebooting every single autobot to into uh decepticon ideology pretty much and yeah that's that that we're not trying to hear that optimus on the other hand is seeking uh the help of his mentor who is alpha trion of course but he's already he's been killed by megatron so that was a whole thing as well as the guardians and if you know who the guardians are from g1 status the guardians pretty much is uh omega supreme who was actually a guardian at the time who seems to be the only guardian that has a name <laughs> but uh they we do get to see omega supreme in here which is absolutely awesome and uh just just so many cool things to see but you know he seeks all of these you know deities if you will to try to defeat uh megatron and the decepticons so the guardians in this story weren't just guarding cybertron but they also were uh, had the respect of alva trion they also had somewhat of, from what optimus said they also had respect to ultra magnus and optimus as well because they were students of alpha trion so and i love that because that brings a little bit more of a background uh a bit of a background characteristic uh for ultra magnus who we didn't really know about much in the original series except that he was just second in command but we don't we didn't know his connection to prime we didn't know he just came out of nowhere that, that new series of um characters just came out of nowhere during transformers the movie in 90 in 86 so it, it this fills a little bit more of the gap between understanding where uh ultra magnus has come from so i, I really appreciate that they focused on that as well so we got the cast here and i want to talk about specifically four of the cast members here according to all now what i love about it is that they did cater to a lot of fanfare with this series we got to see a lot of great g1 transformers in here um for instance we got to see alita one 
which was played by Lindsay uh, Russo. Uh, uh, I believe I'm saying it right. Russo or uh, Rouse. Or, it's Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay uh, Russo. Uh, Russo, I believe, is the leader one. Uh, we also got to see Jetfire, who was played by Keith Silverstein, uh, who plays in a lot of other shows as well, in anime as well. Uh, Soundwave was on here. We got Will Jack. We got Red Alert. We got Sideswipe. Uh, Mirage is on here as well. We get to see Hound, Ratchet, Prowl, Ironhide. I I feel like I gotta watch it again because I think they said I, I think I saw him on episode four, but they didn't really focus on him, which is funny because in the original G four, I mean I'm sorry not G four original G one series, Ironhide was the right hand man. He was the second in command to the Autobots, and prime's wingman pretty much but here they're focusing on the relationship between prime and bumblebee which there was sort of a a, a uh kind of a you know friendship a kin a, a, uh, a kinship between the two but not to the weight of what what ironhide and prime was so i felt it interesting that they did i have that type of focus on there but um really really interesting how that has gone here as well and i'm watching i'm watching the uh the series is on my screen right now as i'm watching i'm like damn the boy scout <laughs> never gets a good day so uh they also have other ones too barricade as well there's tons of different dozens of different uh characters in there but i want to particularly focus on the main bots that we you know that we mentioned here and that is more first of all more importantly for me Frank Tadaro, Tadaro actually, who plays Starscream. Starscream was originally played by the late Christopher Collins, and who also played as uh, Cobra Commander as well on the original uh, GI Joe series. For years, for years, we've been trying to find somebody to match that same tone, that same scratchy voice as Starscream that Christopher Collins did perfectly. And I've never heard anybody do a voice like that since. I give credit to Frank Tudara, Tudaro for doing his portrayal, which was the closest portrayal of Starscream as you could possibly get. It's not an easy voice to do. I don't even know how Christopher Collins did it, man. He, I, that, that voice, to do that, such a scratchy voice, it's, it's, I, I've, I mean, I've interviewed many, many, uh actors on this show i don't believe any of them is as big of a range as a lot of them have i have never met anybody who can pull off christopher collins version of starscream i give credit to frank Todaro for doing it and he did it he did as close as you could possibly can um what i the only thing i wish that they added to this is i wish they would have added a little bit of more auto-tune to the voices uh i think that i think especially for him in this case it would have been much much better uh it would have really brought it and i think it would have sound just like it as well but i kudos to him he did a great job with that uh jason manach uh manucho uh who played megatron i thought he did a really fairly good version of megatron he did his own version and again i love frank welker he there's nobody who could do megatron like frank welker to that credit there's not many people who could do what frank welker can do anyway um 
but he, I, this guy did his own version, and I thought he did pretty good, and I didn't mind it. He, it was, it was in respect. It didn't sound just like it, but it was in respect to the nature of it too. Um, then you got Jason uh, Falhi or Falsey, or uh, or I'm sorry, Jack Falsey, as well, who played Optimus Prime. I was okay with this one. I was okay with it. No, he's not going to sound like Peter Cullen. Not nobody's going to sound like Peter Cullen, just as much as nobody's going to sound like you know. Frank Welker to that respect Christopher Cullen but like I said Frank did a pretty damn good job with that but Optimus he was okay um I would say out of all the prime voices that I've ever heard he he's I gotta say he's close because it's rather you're Peter Cullen or you're not going to sound like Peter Cullen and he did his best to try to sound as good as Peter Cullen but also bringing his own deal with it now what I love about Peter Cullen's voice is not just the voice itself but how he raises he he heightens the tone he, he goes high and he goes low with it so at the right moments of when he's doing his speech like he says one shall stand and it goes really high and then one shall fall and you just follow his voice everywhere it goes and it gets at a high point and a low point and you it 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 drives you and i don't think we got exactly that with his voice but i like i said he still i still appreciate it i still liked it uh i would like for him to have that type of you know feel because you know his what made peter cullen so special was just not only it was very masculine it was like gruffy it was uh rugged but it just felt like God, it felt like uh, it, it, it sounded like bravery. It sounded like leadership. <laughs> um, I think Jack did a fairly good job with that. But it, if he just added that high and low to some of the things that he says, and maybe we haven't seen all of these seasons yet, but you know, maybe it'll get there. But I thought he, I thought he did fairly well. I thought he did fairly well at best. Uh, then you have Joe um, Zaija, who was Bumblebee originally the my one of my favorite uh voice actors or actors played bumblebee in 84 and that was dan uh galvez uh galvezin and who played the, not only the voice of bumblebee but he also played peter parker in spider-man and some of the original 80 80s spider-man uh tv series or cartoon series including spider-man and his amazing friends so which was all under the same rainbow production crew whatever but joe did a really he did a modern version of bumblebee and i thought he did really good here and it gave us a new version of bumblebee uh not because when dan did it in the 80s he was always this charismatic and jokey type of character uh pretty much almost like spider-man but he had that really charismatic type of tone in his voice this one not so much and he's i mean a lot of it has to do with the narrative of the story but it, i felt like this is a new version of bumblebee and i like this version of bumblebee as well so i thought they did really great with this all of them overall all of them did pretty well there wasn't a bad you know voice or portrayal in the entire bunch um for this I, and i accept this as a new version a retelling and i am happy with them not using the new the uh legends if you will and the series because you know we've we've had we got a chance to have enough if we got them it would have been awesome it would have been awesome but i think it's fine i think it's absolutely fine we finally it took us years it took us years to finally get used to the fact that uh kevin conroy wouldn't be playing batman forever 
<laughs> yeah, I know what I said. And it, it, it took us a while to realize this, and we got used to it. We, we watch uh, Young Justice now, and we watch the recent 52, uh, you know, Batman series, and he's no longer doing it. They passed the torch, and the new voice is done, is done pretty well to that extent, too. So I, I've, it took me a while to get out of it, but we've assimilated into the ideal that these guys can't be can't do it forever and somebody has to keep on and if they're going to keep prolonging transformers we got to make sure that these voices are just as good and I, to their credit i think they did a really great job with the uh, with the portrayals here so some fanfare notes here i want to mention will jack mentioning the quote by winning uh, by the winner of the transformers contest that michael bay made during his filming of the transformers movie uh which was the freedom is the right of all sentient beings and people don't remember that like that was a that was based on a contest and i wish i knew the guy who won that contest but there was a contest during the first transformers movie i believe where uh people got the chance to enter some famous quotes and they want to do something in the nature of what they did in transformers the movie like when prime said one shall stand one shall fall or till all are one and they wanted to enter in another uh you know deal which kind of plays off of like you know like the spider-man quote the uncle ben quote um you know with great power comes great responsibility so there was a winner who came up with the phrase or the, with the phrase that says freedom is the right of all sentient beings they used it on a movie it became highly famous within the g1 and transformers realm and they still use it to this day and respectfully they used it for this series because will jack mentioned it in the very first episode and air as well so i thought that was pretty cool that not only that they you know he won that that wasn't a one-time thing they people really liked that 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 quote and uh, i thought it was awesome so uh both prime and megatron during the series uses the phrase till all are one we know that that is something that the autobots have used in the original transformers the movie in 86 what's funny about that that was supposed to be like a you know that was supposed to be like their version of black lives matter to some extent um but in this form megatron i noticed megatron uses it too and what's so interesting about this is there's a flip to this because the word one is spelled two different ways and i don't know if they intentionally did this i don't understand if they intentionally did this but and if they didn't they should think about this that till all are one for the autobots is spelled one i mean o and uh e which is the numeral but in megatron's version till all are one could mean w-o-n meaning he's winning all the wars and i thought about that when i when he when i heard him say that i was like oh wow he just flipped the script on that on that saying and that's i think that is fantastic if that if that is what they intentionally did here so i like with that i, I you know hopefully maybe i i want to say anything but I, I let's just say i would like to know more on that situation because i think that is very interesting that the decepticons and megatron also says that as well but i think it's missing i think it's interpreted in a different way um then you i the budding brotherhood of ultra magnus and prime which you know they both kind of got the same i 
same vision, the same, you know, they want to go in the same, they have the same hope and vision, but their directions and philosophy are different. So I like, again, the more, the bigger development of Ultra Magnus here uh, as well kicks in and uh, you get to see more about what they've done with that. Also, the dysfunctional friendship of Jetfire and Starscream, like I said, they were friends in G1, but they also had a uh, discrepancy and, you know, philosophy differences, which led to Jetfire becoming an Autobot. Now, again, in here, which which is different here, is that he becomes... And I, oh, I hate to spoil it, but, you know, if you know the story of Jetfire, it's inevitable. He's going to become an Autobot. <laughs> He's going to become an Autobot, but he doesn't become an Autobot until he hits Earth. So instead here, they changed the whole thing. They're not even, they're nowhere near Earth yet. And they started here and he's already become an Autobot. So I don't know where that's going in with that direction, but they, this is the part of the original story, which they're changing around here. So, and lastly, I just want to talk about the political aspect, which, I mean, it's always been a civil war between Autobots and Decepticons. That was always the same, but I feel like, with everything going on in the real world here that they that the the people behind this show really 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 pounded on the idea of what megatron is thinking and basically enslaving more than you know leading here and it just a lot of it feels very real world this time around as opposed to everything else every other transformer series that they ever done and the just the the, the tempo and the feel and the focus the there are times when they don't use music all the time in this in the series there's very quiet moments where the theatrical music does not play which makes it feel like a legit primetime serious you know television series and it gives it that type of focus so I love what they did with this and I also love that Starscream still is a tyrant who really tries to you know step up the ladder before anybody so but I love. Um, I think it just it felt like it was very much more relevant than it ever has before in any of the uh, Transformers series now, and I I really appreciate what they did. This, the first six episodes are available now on Netflix, and if you're a Transformers fan, you got to be in for a treat here. I mean, yeah, you're you're gonna some some purists are gonna be pissed that they changed up a lot of what they did, but to the credit. They did stick with some fanfare. They the animation and character design looks better than any Transformer series I've ever seen, including the original. But it pays so much homage to the original series in so much more way. Like the differences doesn't outweigh the fanfare of the series. So I love it. I enjoyed it. This series gets an a plus i can rewatch this so many times uh and enjoy it i'm looking so forward to the other to the next season or next chapter of the series and uh i'm looking hopefully it comes sooner than later but this was just you got to see this this is a must see for any transformers fan it's just awesome everything we wanted and more and i even say that this is better than every single movie that 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 has been made every single cgi version that has been made if they did it like this it would have been the greatest thing ever so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live the prime show uh thank you guys so very much thank you to all of our listeners and all of our favorite platforms including Podbean, which at this point in time right now 
We are at 1.8K followers on Podbean that is listening to the show. Thank you all so very much. It is greatly appreciated. I keep this whole entire format growing. Thank you to people at Podbean for spotlighting us as well. We finally get to see people on that platform finally get to see who the hell uh, this what what the hell the show is who the hell we are and uh, we're gonna keep it going and keep it growing at all times so again next week next Sunday I will not be doing a show it is my wedding anniversary seventeenth uh, wedding anniversary we went through a lot of years a lot of interesting years and we're gonna celebrate it in as best way we can safely and quarantined in a very safe place trust me we're not going all out unfortunately we'd rather be safe to celebrate it better next year than it is this year so we're gonna keep it safe we're gonna we got a play we got a battle plan for a uh, pleasant quarantined anniversary celebration as well so um we're gonna do that take a break next week but i will have a select start episode this week because i am at this point in time right now playing fairy tale which is a very interesting rpg turn-based rpg that i may actually like (laughs) so uh there's a lot of reasons why too we'll talk about that this week as well but i do want to say i officially have beaten final fantasy 7 the original final fantasy 7 i finally after 23 years of beating this game i can't be happier and uh i feel complete i feel so complete my gaming bucket list is set i don't think there's any other game that i cared about beating other than that and the original street fighter and i beat them both so i am good anything else does not matter in this case and i beat metroids back in the day so i you know that's i I don't care i just don't care at this point i will never play metroids ever again (laughs) i'll tell you that i will play all those other games way before i will play metroid ever again but it was awesome it was awesome so we'll we'll have a select start this week and uh the focus will be on the new fairy tale rpg and uh one see if i actually completely like it overall which is leading to seem like i like it I, I, I will admit this and there's some, there's some very significant reasons why for that and we'll talk and now granted I haven't finished the game completely so it may stump it may stumble along the way I'm just in a beginning process but so far so good uh, but we never know until the whole game or at least majority of the game is complete I can't give a thorough analysis and review on that yet so we'll do that by the end of the week but then after that uh you know we won't have a show there but um definitely and remember the one and only brian donovan rock lee from naruto will be on a show for an exclusive in august more details will be revealed when that comes soon so that's already a lock we got that set and uh get ready we're gonna have a great time here so folks thank you please check us out on talktownlive.com you are all of our episodes have been are constantly updated with our uh recent episodes as well as our interviews with some of the best in all things anime comics movies games which you could check out in our exclusive page or directly type talktomlive.com forward slash exclusive you can also check out uh the show on and subscribe and download the show i should say on spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean tune in the latest station to play us now and which also includes amazon alexa i i've got to say uh alexa and not the other word because 
it'll activate <laughs> so but you can listen to it on all uh, alexa devices and it'll play as well so thank you guys on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out air take care and have a great week people and mask up Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.